0: Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today's guest is Janice Ashwood. Some people might know Janice from her horse, Taviskop Miska and the Usherettes. Janice is a dressage specialist, coach, trainer, competitor. She's competed up to Grand Prix on seven different Grand Prix horses, and she's got students training to Grand Prix as well. How are you today, Janice?
1: I'm fine. Thanks, Janice.
0: <laughs> That's good. Now, Janice, we normally start off with a favourite quote. Have you got one for us?
1: I've got a couple, actually. Good. Um, and they're things that shape my thinking a bit, and they're also two that I use all the time when I'm teaching, Mm -hmm. and one is that with tension there is no dressage, and I can't remember who said it. I stole it from someone years ago. (laughs) And the other one is just a quote of the FEI rule that contact is what the horse takes when the rider drives it forward to the hand, and I use both of those all the time because I I don't like a lot of what I see that
0: way. Yes, and I think that's good, reminding us about what contact is.
1: Yeah, that's the FEI definition. Yeah. And um, yeah, and that's what you try. Very difficult to get, but uh, that's what you sort of work on your whole life, I think.
0: Yes, yes. Do you remember your very first memory with horses? You know, very first time or just a very early memory? Five, yeah, yeah,
1: it's a long time ago. <laughs> I was taken as a toddler on the front of the saddle um to get the cows in okay my mother's family were on the land at gundagai and i had a and i can remember my uncle sitting me up I, could, I don't even know if i could walk and sitting up on the front of the saddle going out to get the cows in
0: <laughs> well, well. That's, where,
1: that's where the rocks fit in right from an early age
0: <laughs> Okay then. Now a long time from there to where you are now. You know, I'm thinking about when you first left school. When you, you know, were going through. Were you always going to do something with horses? Was that always on the cards or not? No, always I always
1: ca- had horses. Mm. I always, I even had a horse at school when we lived in the city. Yep. I was lucky enough to win two scholarships that my father had entered me for, and they, my parents foolishly said, "You can do whatever you like with the." That was a secondary school, with one of them. So I went out and bought a horse, and we were six of BPO.
0: Okay,
1: that was that was Mr's mother,
0: yep. actually. Yep.
1: And uh, so I always had them, and I had them through uni and stuff. But no, I did never, I didn't ever really think that I would do it full time, mainly because of the expense.
0: Were there careers? You know, thinking about when you left school. I mean, if you talk to, I know when I talked to the guidance officer, they just said. You know, didn't see past being a stable hand. You know, that wasn't really oh, yes, a career. Oh yes, with and there horses.
1: actually weren't. There mm, actually mm. weren't many opportunities either. Yeah, there, yeah. no, no. I just, I just went to university and uh, and then um, and I ended up being a, a school teacher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had the horses as my hobby. I did a bit of teaching on the weekends, and uh, I was into showing and all sorts of things. You know, breeding, showing, bit of jumping, bit of this, bit of that, western everything, and. It was halfway through my teaching career that I decided I wanted to do something else.
0: Okay, yep, 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 mm.
1: yep. And when I got rid of my mortgage, mm-hmm. I, I sold a property and, moved and, and cleared my mortgage and bought the second property. Okay. And then I thought without a mortgage, I was going to give it a go. Yes, yes. And that was a long time ago.
0: <laughs> Tell me about if someone wants to work in the horse industry. You know, like there's a lot more variety now in the horse industry than was there was when you started. Yeah. You know, a lot more jobs, a lot more different occupations, both with horses and having direct contact with horses, but as horses is a secondary thing too, you know, so that they're industries that complement the horse industry. That's right. If someone's going to work with horses, what do you think of the core skills or character traits that they need?
1: Well, they... Um I used to have a few work uh, kids that do work experience at school, so mm-hmm. I'd have them for a week, yes. and they, you know, they're 16, they all, have, they all think we sort of have a property and I'll ride horses and train horses and represent Australia's Olympics, yep. And which is a wonderful dream to have. But when we sat down and did the economics of it, I could say, you know, you're better off being a lawyer and have a horse part-time
0: mm-hmm.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. until you've got a high profile. And so, if people actually want to do the riding and showing bit, yep. they have to have a high profile first, or have a very wealthy parents. It's a very, it's still a very hard way to make your living. The all the ancillary stuff, um, I'm not a hundred percent familiar with. Yep. But uh, you know, I know people that do, uh, you know, chiropractic and massage and stuff mm. like that. Mm. But I'm not sure how you become. Skilled enough in that to earn a decent living to pay for a car and buy a property and think, pay a mortgage and things like that. So I, I usually recommend to kids that they do that part time until mm-hmm. they are sure they are out of debt and they can possibly make a living.
0: So start to work with horses part time. Yeah. yeah, to work yeah. with
1: horses unless you want to be a stable hand, fine. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, but yeah, if you want something, if you want to actually you know live a sort of comfortable life not that's all that comfortable or if you want to you know if you want to do the have the owned property, have the car, do the shows, things like that. To be successful in whatever you choose, you've got to have a fairly high profile and a few skills. And uh, which means you've been doing it for a while.
0: I think too, you know, some people think that I'll just go out and become a coach and that's great. But remembering too that when they first get their first qualification, that's their first qualification and that's the step to learning more about horses. There's always stuff to learn more about horses. Oh. And, uh, you know, you're not going to, as you say, pop the block and go into a well-paying, high-profile job. You've got to actually put yeah. the hours in and learn more yeah. and get those get yeah, those miles yeah, in before right. you can um, And I
1: don't think the concepts of uh, dressage anyway um, mm. are things you explore your entire life. I still... I do a bit of training with some international guys that come out, and you have an epiphany every time you have a lesson, basically, Mm -hmm. or or something clarified that you've been working with for 40 years. Yes. And I don't think it ever changes. I think you just get it all in your diet, basically.
0: It'd be a bit boring if it did, though, wouldn't it?
1: Uh, It would, yeah. yeah. Yeah, And and it's basically simple, but it's not easy Mm. to do it well, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my big thing is that, doing it well means that the horse stays relaxed.
0: Yes. And wants to do it. Yes. That's
1: my big thing, yeah. Yeah. Which is where the, you know, tension equals not dressage. Yes, yes. To me. That's to me. That's my that's my personal thing and yep. um, that I'm sort of fanatical about. And if your horse is relaxed and you can train any horse to Grand Prix and they'll do it for 20 years if they stay sound.
0: Yep, yep.
1: And we, we see a lot of tension out there. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: What do you think the best thing about working in the horse industry, working with horses?
1: Oh, the animal. Yep. Pure and simply the animal. They're mm-hmm. you know, you know, they are they're pretty amazing animals. I still cannot work out why they get on a float for us, <laughs> why they let us put a saddle on yep. <laughs> and ride them around. Yep. So I think, I think it's just the animal. Mm-hmm. And that's what t- should draw you to it in the first place.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And it doesn't matter what breed it is. It doesn't matter how big it is. You know, it's, they're a very interesting animal.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us about someone who's influenced you.
1: Oh, so many people. Yeah. Um, the very first one, however, I could tell you, I used to watch horses being broken in, in the bush, and while they weren't sort of damaged, I noticed that they were usually stressed. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'm a bit of a reader, and I got onto the books of Maurice Wright, who oh, did different yes. things And I found that amazing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I started, you know, breaking in horses quite young and having a go anyway, and catching foals that had been caught and all that sort of stuff. And that whole way of approaching a horse appealed to me and, and it worked. Um, and you'd so say they didn't have to be. Exhausted and, and eyeballs rolling and sweat pouring off them, etc., to get them to accept a saddle bridle, and a rider. And I think that was probably very influential. And then, as I started
0: to
1: want to do dressage and stuff, um, I think um, the first really influential book was Riding Logic. Uh, hmm. And I've just, i sort of, I just avow them all. I love Kirk Kirkland's books. I love Carl Hester's philosophy. Um, they're all basically pretty much the same, and as an accessory to that too, I actually am a friend of Monty Roberts. I got to know him. I ride for him when he comes out to Australia, and we got on like we get on like a house on fire. Good. And for the same reasons, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's been a yeah. terrific journey actually with Monty. Yeah. So, yep. Um, that, uh, yeah, so it's all all part and parcel of the same thing.
0: Yes, yes, it is, isn't it? It's all about finding that common communication. Where you can yeah. communicate with the horse, but they've got time to communicate back to you with what works yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. 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 Morris Wright's book was the Thinking Horseman. Is that the one?
1: I can't even remember. Mm. I um, and I think he did the Jeffrey method as well. I think it might be a book. I'd have to go out and look at my
0: my oh, library. Of course. No, it, no, no, no. What yeah. was it? Was called the Jeffrey method? Yes. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, he's he yeah.
1: promoted. Yeah, he's motor the, the Jeffrey method. method. And I yes. saw him somewhere, I can't even remember. I saw him do a demo and I was just wrapped.
0: Tell me when he did the demo, because I've heard that it was a bit of a trick, in the book. Oh, you saw Morris ride or you saw Kel Jeffrey do yeah, the demo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because apparently, when Kel Jeffrey did the demo,
1: mm.
0: you know, someone saw it or Morris saw it the very first time and they said they had a young horse and as he was getting on. Bucket tipped over and the horse didn't move, right? But apparently yeah. he used to do that all the time. You know, he had the horse. He yeah, knew. yeah. I've,
1: we've got a very good baker near me, yeah. almost yep. retiring. I, say, I always say 75% horse. Yep. And he hops on these horses for the first time on a five-gallon bucket and yep. he always falls over. Yes. And they yep. don't move. Yes. They do not move. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or they might step sideways and he just puts it up again and gets back up on it. And he he does that. And he's a brilliant horseman. Yeah, yeah. And we, we get on very well together too.
0: Because
1: uh, got a little bit the same sort of attitude, mm-hmm. just without all the fancy tricks.
0: Yep, yeah.
1: But are required in dressage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Tell us about, you've had seven Grand Prix horses. Tell us about the one who's in, influenced you the most. I think I've managed to compete on seven. yeah.
1: Um, basically horses just came my way. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, or other people's horses, yeah. If
0: you had to pick one of them, which oh, one influenced your career the most?
1: I don't know. Um, the first couple I had, like little Mishka, yep. he was almost too clever. He was clever as me. He somehow picked up what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But the one I had, Nelson, who was a total lunatic, and people can remember him. <laughs> Um, and I had to learn how not to offend or frighten him. Okay. He probably made me think the most Mm -hmm. because he was sort of a bit dangerous, um, dangerous to do anything with, dangerous to shoot, float, Um, panicked, just went panicked, never grew up from a foal, um, but it was 17 hands and very powerful. And, um, yeah, I think, yeah, the fact that I – I wouldn't even bother with a horse like that now, but uh, when you're young, you think you can do it. And um, I think he probably actually taught me the most. Okay. Patience, try, you know, plan number 365, <laughs> doesn't work, move yes. on to the next one. Um, but I got that I could actually, he could actually do all the stuff. He just could not cope with the world, travel, stable, things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, he probably... He probably did teach me the most, even okay. though know, it was so frustrating and so hard. Okay. And he ended up—he um, died quite young. He got—he uh, found it. He stress found it, um, which was most unusual in a big mm-hmm. warm blood like mm-hmm. that, and end up it end up killing him. But um, yeah, no, I think probably because even my farrier had to change his attitude to shoe this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he—he he was very interesting. <laughs> A lot of people will remember him too. <laughs> when he died I got so many cards. Yeah. Oh, because nice. yep. you yep. Because you you couldn't miss him. He was very impressive, but he was yes. very erratic. Yeah. But uh, is it you need patience and he taught it. Prior to him I thought you yeah, could do anything. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. Yeah. What do you think your proudest moment's been?
1: Oh I don't know about proud. You have, you have, you ride horses, you have really good highs and you have really big lows. Mm. You have, especially in dressage, you never know what mark you're going to get in dressage until you look at the scoreboard. (laughs) So you can be very happy with your test and and it scores badly and you can be, think you've just done the worst test you've ever done and you can win. Um, So, I I don't know, the highs and lows, you feel great when you you feel you've, you've managed a pretty, Okay, sort of a test. Yep, but I don't yep. know that proud is a word. That if you're pr- you know, if you think you start getting proud, mm. you crash badly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think you can have you can have really delightful moments. And You can feel pretty good, but you must never get too cocky. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a funny old life. Yes. Yes. Seven Grand Prix horses. That's a fair few. What do you think has been your biggest challenge to riding that many, competing on that many, having that many? I shouldn't say that because the riding and competing are irrelevant when you say getting seven horses to Grand Prix level. What do you think your biggest challenge has been?
1: Yeah, I just think they can all do it. They can't Mm -hmm. all do it brilliantly. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got to have the the fabulous horse with fabulous movement, especially these days. And some of these horses are pretty ordinary. I just think you just start training them and, and if you can keep them relaxed and it's a couple of steps forward, a couple of steps back um, and you, you would just here to the basic principles, uh, which are all written down, it's all been worked out, it's, yes. not nothing, it's nothing new. It's in every book and um, every video that you see on training. It's um, training scale, you know, and it's rhythm and looseness and relaxation, number one and two. Um, I think if you just keep that in mind, you can make lots of mistakes if your horse stays, it doesn't want to kill you. And you just sort of plod along. I just plod along, really. And mm-hmm. I think they all can learn to do it. And I just get a little bit of a buzz out of the training. Um, I'm not the best competitor. I, I don't, often don't do really good tests. Um, I just I haven't got that sort of right attitude towards competing, I don't think. But uh, no, I just enjoy – I can't help myself, really. I just, I just enjoy training them and I just keep going. Mm-hmm. And even and some of the most unlikely horses end up doing the stuff, and you never know which one's going to be good or bad at at different um, movements until you try it. So I just start and just keep going, okay. and I encourage people to do that. So, you know, keep your horse happy. He'll just he'll you have ups and downs, of course, and you go backwards and forwards. Um, but the horse will try for you, and um, and then you just plod along. Yeah, <laughs> Yes. Yep. Yep. I've never had the luxury of being able to travel much or go out and buy something really special. Mm-hmm. And I'm past it now, so that that's. So I just had to deal with what I had. Okay. okay. But it's been it's been an interesting journey, and I think that helps with your teaching anyway. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't matter if someone turns up on a shepherd pony. You you try to get them to go the same according to the same principles. That's how I look at it anyway.
0: Thinking about. You know, someone turning up on a Shetland pony, or, or thinking about all your students. What do you think's the most common fault that you see with them? Thinking that the horse knows what to do, and just yep. doesn't choose to
1: do it. <laughs> okay. Um, they're calling, you know, I re- to me, a horse that's hot is a horse that has too many rugs on. I don't. I think it is a horse that is tense or frightened can be a bit lazy, it can be a bit goy, all those things. But I reject the word hot unless they are sweating. Okay. And I think we use a lot of words, a lot of expressions, and a lot of phrases, so that we don't have to admit that our horses tense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the big killer um, in that's, I think that's what you know stops horses advancing and people. And yes, you can believe your horses thinking the night before that he's going to, you know, refuse <laughs> to go lift or something. Mm. But they absolutely don't. They can't. Mm. And if the horses were that clever, they wouldn't let us near them, I don't think. So I think that's... And also being patient. It takes a long time. Okay. And everybody's in a mad hurry. And people are proud of the fact that they're... You know, they've rushed them through. So, um, you know, I think with people, just getting to understand the animal a little bit. But most of my clients now... Because I can pick and choose a bit now, and I'm cutting down on numbers. Are people that want to sort of enjoy their horse? Yep. And and they're, the, they're my main, and they want the horse to go happily. So they're my main clients these days. Okay. So it's quite a pleasant thing to teach mm-hmm. them. And mm-hmm. the people who, you know, believe their horses are bad or want to fight them, they You know, I just sort of say, well, we've got a our philosophy is different. Um, try someone else. And. You know, but if you want to change mine and come back I'm always, I'm here. and that's so that's my attitude too. Uh, yep. I think you know people you, you find you don't go to an instructor and try and change his or her philosophy. you mm-hmm. go to someone who has the same one. But, so I've got a pretty I've got a lovely clientele actually okay. um, and they sort of find they we find each other a little bit yes and okay. and, and and the other the other thing and I say to people too because a lot of people compete want to compete but we put, so much weight on
0: competition.
1: Mm. Um, put a whole lot of weight on the five minutes or so that we spend in the an arena, and and I, t- I try to impress on people that if you do a bad test, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad rider. It might be, mm. but it, it's not automatic. You can just have done a bad test, yep. <laughs> and it's not a moral judgment. So it should not destroy your entire day, week, year or life and there are some people that are very excellent test riders and there are some that aren't so good but they can still enjoy the riding of the horse and just try to do better things that don't lose you so many marks. Mm -hmm. I often think we equate good rider with good test and sometimes morally, you know, better person with good rider. Yep. And there's Sort of no connection really. So riding I use the test and I wanna you know, as a test, you're gonna find out what you gotta fix. And you've got to, mm-hmm. and you're going to find out why you gave marks away. Mm-hmm. And um, but it's not a moral judgment. Yeah. Because especially some kids they get really upset if they've done a bad test and they think their life's about to be over. <laughs> yes. Or that yes. they must be a bad rider. Mm. Um not not you know, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, and I think that that all goes in with the same sort of attitude. Okay. But I'm not one who thinks that you stay at home and don't go out and that's somehow a pure form of horsemanship. I don't think that either. No, no. I okay, think a test is a test and it's a very good name for
0: it. Yep, yep. Okay. And something that you said about, you know, you, it, it takes a long time and um, sometimes you've got to teach the riders that. What do you say to the riders that? Well, Say well, you know, I've got plans to get this horse to medium by you know by the end of the year, and that's what it's going to be. I mean, do you keep teaching? or you have a talk to them. What do you?
1: I say maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can have all sorts of aims and objectives, but you must be governed by the whether you progress or not on your horse. Yep. Um, yeah. In, in, in other words. You know, if you're going if you want to go and compete medium, you really should be working advanced and George. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't go you're not going out hoping stuff happens. Yep. You reduce the odds of things going badly. But when you are you know, when you're taking the first horse through, you don't really want to think like that. And I can understand that too. But mm. you can you just talk as the you know, the wise old person who's made all those mistakes. <laughs> okay. And some people listen and some people don't. That's Yes, all. yes. okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but we do put a lot, and I don't know that I've got a lot of clients from actual results. um, And I've had a few really good horses that I've ridden. Um, It's more from way of riding and stuff um, that I've got um, got the clients. And some of the people I teach that are full time rider instructors find the same thing. So being out in public is a little bit your advertisement for yourself, Um, but not always. The blue ribbon doesn't always guarantee its client. Some people just look to a way of going or a way of handling horses. I think that's what they tell me anyway. So that's the way it's been most of my life. So consequently, I've never never advertised. I've never had to advertise.
0: Okay, good. Good. Uh, If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look horsechats.com. dot com. So you talked about Morris Wright, Jeffrey Method, Kira Kirkland, yeah. Carl Hester, Monty it, Roberts. Yeah. Any other books that you wanted to mention? Or authors? Oh,
1: there probably are. But now that you've said, I can't think of a single one. But I've got, <laughs> I've got you know, I've got the I've got, um, Franz Mayeringer's book. Yep. Which is the same philosophy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They all they all they all preach the same message actually. And, um, and at one stage, when I went through my Western phase yep. uh, on the on on Little Mishka, who was you know, then doing FBI, yep. we decided to go Western. Um, yep. I read read some of the Western books, and um, while what you see today is often not what I like, the training and stuff behind that was pretty much the same. Uh, just a different concept of of context, but the attitude to the horse was pretty much the same. And I, I know I had to go out of venting and I did all that sort of stuff. And so I read, I used to read people who were involved in that particular sort. So Pat knives, remember Pat knives? We're going back a long way. And I'm just trying to think of something recent. If you two titled at me, I probably know them. But in t- uh, those, all the ones I've mentioned, are ones that. Formed, I think, my way of thinking, and and what I read now, I read articles that come up on online all the time, and generally you just say yeah 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 that's right. So it uh, it all goes back to those original titles I think, and Carl, Hester, of course, is he's a man at the moment, and I and I just love his delivery, and I love his attitude, and um, so I went and got his book and read that too, and I love clicker training, play with that. I love George Bruce's book. I've got, I've lent that to someone. And um, so, so, and and the latest one I read was, oh, what's his name? He's a breaker, just written a book about breaking. I can't even think of his name, Uh, but it's terrific. Davis. Davis. Um, And it's about breaking in and training, and it's terrific too. it's, you know, it's sort of handling them without fear. So, yeah, I think basically the message and all those good things is pretty much
0: the same. And remember, you can find all the books recommended by our guests at horsechats.com books. You can have a look at the guest page for the individual book they recommended or just look at the recommended books by order of popularity at horsechats.com slash books. Now, Janice, what are you looking forward to now? I know you've said you've got a Grand Prix horse in the paddock that you're you're riding. You um going to start competing him again? What else are you looking forward to?
1: Oh, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, now I've got a little Spanish horse that mm-hmm. um um was imported, uh, belonged to a client, and she gave him to me because I can't. I've damaged my back through in a car accident, and I fell off a horse, and I can only have a narrow horse now, a little one. Yeah, um, he's he's terrific. He's a character. He's terrific. Mm-hmm. But really, I just sort of think day to day, I'd like to actually do a little bit of travel and stuff. But yep. um, yeah, I'm sort of I'm really thinking that um, just i uh, just letting the business run down a bit. And yep. yeah, and I'm uh, sort of and I but I just ride I ride him mm-hmm. when I when my body lets me. And I pro- I'll probably end up going out because I can't help myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, And I go to – I've got a a very lovely, beautiful horse, Orlando, that uh, Sally Quigley rides for me. Mm -hmm. And I I go to lots of shows and things. But these days I clean the socks. (laughs)
0: Okay, okay. All right. Now, just in a couple of sentences, can you sum up your philosophy with horses? Um, It's hard to
1: summarise, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I sort of think – maybe I've said it all. I think my philosophy is that you try – to work with the animal rather than against it, and mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you don't ask a lot. But I think you've just got to recognise when the animal gets a bit scared or a bit tense or a bit confused, and take it on yourself, and then you can sort out the issue. Okay. I mean, I, um, I think from my teaching days, I think you don't bash a kid to make it read a book.
0: <laughs> yeah. Work. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay.
1: So that's probably my overall philosophy. And people think. Um, I've had someone once say to me that it's a lovey-dovey approach, but it's not. You're know, very strict disciplinary because they're big things that can actually damage you. Yes. But you've just just got to be a bit fair, I think, or, we don't, or not kid yourself as to why an animal's misbehaving in, in, in inverted mm-hmm. That's, And I think that just keeps you safe and sound. Yep. And, and I think ultimately you enjoy it a bit more.
0: Yes, yes. Which we should. <laughs> okay. should All right. How can people contact you, Janice? Because we'll have a page for you, and it'll be horsechats.com slash Janice Usherwood, or if people go to horsechats.com, search for Janice or search for Usherwood, they'll find you. But give us your contact details so that um, we can put those on the page.
1: Uh, Well, my email address Mm. is just uh, because I don't have a card or anything. Um, I don't have a website. Um, I've got a Facebook page under my name. And which is where I do most of my communicating these days. Mm-hmm. And I've got a, an email, which is just J Usherwood, all small, or one word, at um, bigpond.com.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, we'll put those details.
1: And can I finish off with one other thing I say sure. to everybody? Um, that when you get off school, so when you get off from schooling your horse, the only thing that should hurt is your brain.
0: Okay. <laughs> <That's what laughs>
1: okay. I say that to it. I say that a lot too. People get really sick of it.
0: I think that's a good (laughs) message to leave people on. So I just want to say thanks very much and uh, thanks for chatting to us and lovely to talk to you. My pleasure. Hope to see you one day. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com.